Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is the Syrup Arcade Cast, Mobile Syrup and Syrup Arcade's gaming podcast. I'm your co-host, Dean Daly, and I'm here with the pod's other host, Brad Shankar. How are you doing today, Brad? Great, thanks. How about you? I'm having a all right day. It's it's kind of gloomy outside, but it's Toronto. It's whatever. Um, we also have two special guests, which is super cool because this is the first time we've had two. I'll start with uh, Chris Brown. And again, I'm going to make the same joke I made last time. Not the singer, but our friend at Blue It Plus, who reviews games for the site and edits our podcast. How are you doing today, bud? I am great. I live in gloomy weather, so thank you for bringing that up. I just love it. And like I said, we have a fourth person on this podcast, and that is Steve Vigari. Did I say that right? Vigari, but you know what? I I, I get it all over the place, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Sorry, I've only ever seen your last name written, I guess. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Steve also writes uh, gaming reviews for Mobile Syrup. He also does sponsored posts for the website, and... Sometimes he just does general news for Mobile Syrup as well. You will see his name on the site probably more than myself, uh, which is pretty cool. <laughs> and thanks for joining us today. Uh, how were your holidays? No, no. Thank you uh, all for, for inviting me to the, the show. Yeah, the, the holidays were great. Now I'm just kind of back into it. And no better way to kick off 2023 with, with uh, you guys, you know? I'm, I'm excited for this. Yeah, that's very sweet. Likewise. Uh, I love that. I, like, I love that you're here. It's so great. Um, so our topic this week is the games that we're excited to see in 2023, kind of. We're going to do a fun exercise where it's a fantasy league football video game edition where we're going to pick the games that we think will do the best this year. Uh, I personally just picked my favorite games as well. Okay, I think they'll just do awesome because that's whatever. But uh, Chris Brown is going to lead us through it all. And yeah, here, uh, Chris Brown, take it away. All right. I don't know about you guys, but when I was young, there were, there were some people that I hung out with who would do their football fantasy and they would sit down every Sunday and watch the game. They'd get hyped up about the players. And I always thought it looked super cool, but I could not for the life of me bear to sit and watch football for four hours every afternoon. I feel that big time. Yep. Finally, the geeks have united and found a solution. Here we are. Today, we are doing the video game fantasy draft. And guys, I'm, I'm so excited about this. This is something I've wanted to do forever. And thank you to fantasycritic.games for coming up with this idea. And I'm just blatantly ripping it off. But this will be the <laughs> mobile syrup edition. Are you guys ready? Here's how this is going to work really quickly for the audience. Basically, we are going to be judging games based off of their open critic score. That is essentially the Metacritic, but specifically for video games. And so how it's going to work, we're each going to be drafting three games today. They are going to get one point for every score they are above 70. So if it's a game at the end of it, this average score is an 81, you will get 11 points. If it's over 90, you'll actually get two points. So those are the big scorers. So if you get a 92, that would then be 
24 points. Now, with that being said, if you manage to draft a game, like say like Saints Row last year, which ended up with like a 65, you will actually lose points. So you would get negative one point for anything under 70. There's no doubling if you go like below a 50. It's just going to still be one point. But with that being said, draft your games wisely. Don't be picking any super risky picks. Dean, I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. I already what? have your your picks in my brain. I see oh, them. No clue, I man. see them. <laughs> you have no clue. No, it's it's it's, it's going to be fun because I feel like Dean and Brad. I've had the chance to like see a lot of your uh, conversations about games and that sort of stuff. But Steve, you're a bit of a wild card. I have no idea what you might pick. See, that's funny. I'm kind of on the opposite end where I I feel like I've got a good touchstone for what Brad's going to pick or at least try to pick. <laughs> Dean, Chris, you guys, total wild cards for me. So I'm like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do here. I, I, I got a good list, though. I don't know about you guys, but I'm going out very competitive. This is like like Dean said, he's going, you know, based on some of his favorite picks. I don't know if I'm going to be doing that. I think I'm going to go pretty competitive here because I, I think that's going to spice it up a little bit. Uh-huh. I think I only play the best of games. So it's going to be rating high. <laughs> Except for Pokemon. Don't count that. That game did <laughs> Yeah, but uh, of course, there's not going to be one of those this year. Thank God. So uh, I'm, I'm safe to pick my favorites. So here's here's how it's going to work. We're going to be drafting in order. Uh, we rolled a D20 before this. Uh, none of us rolled high. And somehow Dean managed to roll a one, which <laughs> frankly impressive. I play D&D every two weeks. And if uh, they're used to me rolling ones. So it's a, I'm, you know I'm what? It's shocked. a skill at that point. It's actually your, your secret. You know, those like really bad superpowers. Your superpower is critically failing. Yes. You're number one in, in our life. heart, Dean. <laughs> there Thank you go. You, Brad. So you. the order is going to break down as such. I am going to be drafting first, followed by Steve, Brad, and then Dean. But Dean will get two picks in the reverse order will happen all the way back up. So we're going to do three picks each. We are not allowing remasters we're not allowing expansions but otherwise any game that we think will come out in 2023 is on the table so let's get this started now i i i didn't want to take the obvious pick and i promise i won't (laughs) take all of the obvious picks gee i wonder what i have to do it i have never been more excited about a video game in my entire life i will be taking for my first pick the legend of zelda tears of the kingdom yeah no Not shock. even on my list. Oh. <laughs> okay, hold on, hold on. I want to. I want to hear about this for a second. This guy First doesn't off, play Zelda. What? Right? You don't. I played, right? I played like half of Breath of the Wild. I got like three of those Guardian things, and I was like, you know what? This is. I'm over this. <laughs> <laughs> the story will solve itself out, you know. Yeah. Whatever. Link will win. <laughs> <laughs> He'll beat Ganon. No yeah. surprise. <laughs> Dean, I have never felt more misunderstood in my life. <laughs> that game spoke to my soul. But no, uh, I think I think for me, this, this is a pick that makes a lot of sense. Not just because the review score, but this has kind of come to define a lot of the open world experience. A lot of what we talked about with Elden Ring in our Game of the Year discussion was around this idea of how interesting the world was to explore. And they kind of borrowed a lot of the design elements from Breath of the Wild. So Tears of the Kingdom been pushed back out of 2022 into 2023 the game will release this year 
to me, it's a, a surefire pick, and I'm, I can't wait to get that 98 Metacritic score. It's it's just going to be <laughs> absolutely incredible. Uh, yeah, you just but press the win button right there. Oh, for That's sure. It. Yeah, it's like when totally. you're playing Overwatch and you're you're playing Reaper and you just hit Q and you just get five instant kills. That's it. That's I just done die, die, done die. right there. Now I'm going to pass it off to Steve for your first pick of the draft. What are you going to take? Yeah, uh, I think I think like you, I got to go with something a little easy, a little one that you know is almost too big to fail. Uh, I think you know Tears of the Kingdom, a lot of anticipation for that one. So I'm going to go with one uh, that has a lot of anticipation as well, and it is Marvel Spider-Man Two. Yeah, coming from Insomniac Games, these guys have such a a, a background and history of delivering a plus games time and time again um even you know some of like the ones that aren't as well received like the ratchet and clank remake still review very well so i think this one after spider-man and after miles morales this one's an easy high 80s maybe even a 90 if if i'm lucky so that one's uh, my first pick if i'm not mistaken like the only game in like the last what 20 years from them that maybe got sub 70 60 area was like fuse and that had like a horrible development cycle there was a lot of conflict with ea over that so i don't even know if that really counts so yeah to your point they they just put out banger after banger i mean they put out miles morales and ratchet and clank ripped apart in the span of like six months during a pandemic that that's insane this studio is just carrying the playstation 5 so i think (laughs) just based on that alone yeah yeah. you bring in both those characters you bring in venom bring in craven you bring in anything else related to spider-man an easy win in my opinion craven's gonna be in it that's what they're saying yeah oh a little little craven action a little hunting action i mean the They haven't like formally confirmed it, but the reveal trailer has like a Russian dude like talking about oh, hunting, yes. guys, which is like yes, literally that, yeah. that's Craven. <laughs> that's yeah, Craven. That, that is yeah. true. I forgot about that. Yeah. Well, and I just want to get a hype check because most likely not going to release this year. Where is everybody sitting with Wolverine from Insomniac? I'm excited. Oh, yeah. uh, it's the Miles Morales team that's leading that. Um, I'm, I'm sure it'll be great, but yeah, that's definitely years away. <laughs> Yeah, for yeah, sure. I, yeah. Totally not for a while, but yeah. Twenty twenty four is my bet. I mean, this, this, like so. we just said, it's, it's. They're turning around games so quickly. I, I have faith. I just I believe. I believe. I just really want them to lean hard into their Canadian roots with Logan. Yes. Just selfishly, obviously, because we're we're all Canadians. So. <laughs> uh next up, we're going to have Brad. What is your first pick of twenty twenty three? Yeah, I mean, I expected that whoever got ahead of me would get Zelda, so that's why I didn't even put it on my list either. I had it as a backup just in case, but I mean, I have to go with, you know, I have to be on brand. Final Fantasy 16. I mean, that's A, for going to the Dean's point, you know, it's one of my most anticipated games, uh, but also... It's a it's a safe bet. I mean, it's from Creative Business Unit Three, which is the Square Enix team that makes Final Fantasy fourteen. That is a studio that took an MMO that was like one of the most embarrassing launches in the history of games and turned it into one of the greatest success stories ever. <laughs> it just keeps getting better and better and better over time. You have the writer of the Heaven Sword expansion, the critically acclaimed expansion, up to level sixty, free trial, blah blah blah. Uh, you have the writer <laughs> of that expansion, and you have the one of the lead uh, combat designers from Devil May Cry working on the battle system. So you you have great story and great combat right there. It's a proven team. Like, I have no doubt in my mind, like, at the very least, this will be high 80s, if not in the 90s, I think. Uh, so, yeah, I, I can't wait. And that's supposed to come out in June. So 
I have never felt more confident about a Final Fantasy game in my lifetime. Yeah, like I'm going through the uh, uh, the 14 right now. I'm I'm on Shadowbringers because uh, it's such a time sink in it, you know, <laughs> um, and going through some of the like trials and stuff that they launched, like the passion that Naoki Yoshida, the producer of the game, the director of 14, that he has for not just games, but like Final Fantasy specifically, like all of the references, all of the Easter eggs, all of the love and attention that he had. Like you can tell like this is very much, this is a guy who grew up playing Final Fantasy and he loves it. So this is kind of like a spiritual throwback to the original games with like the medieval setting and everything. But also he's very smart about what things to change and improve. So I've I've no doubt in my mind this game's going to be great. It's definitely going to, I would be shocked if it's not up for Game of the Year alongside Breath of the Wilds and Spider-Man. I'm also very excited for it. I I've barely played any Final Fantasy, but yeah, played, 15. You know, fifteen, and now I gotta play sixteen. <laughs> Brad hates that. <laughs> Dean, you're the only person I know who has like a fervent passion for fifteen, and I love it. I love that. Well, I've noticed, and I'm not knocking people for it, but I've noticed that the, the people who tend to like fifteen the most, it was their first Final Fantasy because hmm. the more j- people like me who've played the older ones, that's not what we wanted from it. And it was so you could maybe call us jaded, uh, but just, <laughs> I I didn't. Yeah, uh, I respect that that game was made within like three years because it had such a prolonged development cycle, and then a new director came in and basically. So the fact that the game turned out the way it, as okay as it did in, in my eyes is still impressive in and of itself. But you know, uh, I'm glad you like it though, Dean. Yeah, I mean, it's got me into more Final Fantasy stuff, and now I'm excited for 16. Dean, I'm going to let you pick, but before you do, I just took a second, and I yeah. wrote on my phone what I think you're going oh, to pick. So fun. that if afterwards, because you said, I would have no idea. Let's oh, do it. No, Let's I get that this. first pick and see if I can guess what you picked. Uh, my first pick is Lies of P. Love it. Whoa. Love it. That's a great it was not pick. what I wrote down. Yeah, well, that's what I thought. <laughs> you got me. You got me. <laughs> All right, Dean, what, what is it about Lies of P that has you so excited? So my favorite game is Bloodborne. It's just pl- plain old. It's Bloodborne. It reviewed well. It's super fun. It's a Souls-like. And people are nostalgic for Bloodborne. People want Bloodborne again. And From Software is not giving us Bloodborne. And either is um, Blue Point, who remade uh, uh, Demon Souls. I I don't know if they're remaking, you know, Bloodborne, and who knows when that's happening. So Lies of P is the closest thing we have to that, I think. And I think people like myself, who are who miss Bloodborne, who want Bloodborne on a new console, are gonna just love Lies of P. Um, I didn't get to play it. Obviously, they did some game demos earlier last year in twenty twenty two. Um, and Fextra Life, the guy who does that channel, loves Bloodborne and loves Souls-like, says this is the closest game he's ever played to a, uh, like, that perfectly matched that. And I'm like, yeah, give me Pinocchio, give me that, like, dark fantasy setting, and give me Bloodborne, and I'm here. Steve, have you had the chance to play Bloodborne? I, I love Bloodborne. I love everything that From Software does in terms of, like, the Soulsborne games, and I had that on my list, kind of ranked a little lower because that was one on the cusp of like i'm not so sure this could end up being like another bloodborne or i could definitely see this falling closer to like a mortal shell if anyone's familiar with that game where the controls are are fantastic but there's something just about it 
Yeah. Uh, so I don't I would have to play Liza P in order to have like a, a great barometer for that game. But I'm excited for it nonetheless. Well, and Brad, I mean, it's it's one of those things where this is coming from a studio who doesn't have a proven track record. Uh-huh. Like, where, where do you sit in terms of, I, I know you're not like a huge FromSoft guy, but in terms of your review score guess. Yeah, so Bloodborne is the only one of their games that I actually played through in its entirety. I love that game. Uh, I think there the, we go. the faster paced nature of it, where it isn't so much you're running around in circles holding up your shield sort of thing. I don't like that as much about the From games. <laughs> uh, but it wasn't like, too action oriented like Sekiro kind of threw me off a little bit for, for that but yeah no Bloodborne was perfect the Victorian setting I love all that yeah I hear what you're saying I think it could go one of two ways I mean you, you see situations like with Rocksteady and Batman for instance they'd made like one PS2 game and then they came out of nowhere and made like the best Batman game ever at that time it's still <laughs> one of the greatest licensed games ever um so i feel and that's because they're just big batman fans so i feel like lies of p I, I don't remember the developer's name but presumably they are obviously big from fans that you know if they're approaching it the right way and uh you know the passions there uh, yeah i think it could turn out well yeah <laughs> kudos to you for for that pick yeah that's that's a good pick Thank you. I love it because it's so out there and it's smart because you got to throw me off and still get your your more like traditional pick. So, Dean, you get to go twice in a row. What is your second pick? Yeah, and this one is the basic one. I'm going to pick Hogwarts Legacy. I wow. know it's going to be, I know it's controversial, super controversial because of JK, um, who is a turf. And if you want to know more about that, Brad Shankar has a great article regarding the readings you can do uh to learn more about what jk jk said and how it's affected the community uh the trans community um so i'm not a fan of her but i think hogwarts legacy will do really well and this has to do with ratings and if uh why is it p doesn't rate well uh i should have (laughs) i should have some points of hogwarts legacy and personally, myself, I uh, I have I still have a Harry Potter poster. It doesn't specifically say Harry Potter, but it has all the houses on it. Um, it's like the actual animals they're based off of. So, Dean, I, I have a question right up front for you. Then, yeah, which house are you going to be going into? Skyrim. Oh, Skyrim. Skyrim. Whoa! What the hell? <laughs> Slytherin. <laughs> I mean, hey, Skyrim re-releases every other year, so it makes sense yeah. that you would go into Skyrim at some point while you're playing. But no, Slytherin. Okay, okay. So you've already seen your house, yeah. and you know what you're doing. Totally. I did Pottermore when I was younger, and it told me I was Same a here. at heart, and yep. I felt that yep. it was right. <laughs> When's the last time that we got not just a Harry Potter game, a good Harry Potter game? Like, what is it? Like, Quidditch World Cup? Was it? Probably. I don't, I, like, I'm genuinely trying to think of the last time there was a great one. That, and I, I don't Goblet know of Fire ever... was a, an awesome Harry Potter game. I don't know the timeline on, on World Cup, but Goblet of Fire was really good. <laughs> I feel like those are all around like the GameCube yep. into like the next generation type of area. So this is going to be the first big budget Harry Potter game in a long time. Well, and it's the, it's the one that's like fulfilling the fantasy that you've always had as a kid. Like obviously totally. all, pretty much every game we've gotten since is just adapting the movies, adapting the books. It's like you're mm-hmm. playing as Harry. So there, there's kind of a formula to it. But, you know, everyone's wanted to, oh, you know pick your own house, you know, go to potions class, go to defense against the dark arts class, fly around the school with the hippogriff and, you know, it being its own story, you kind of carving your own legacy, you know, in the, in the world of Harry Potter, 
without any of the Harry Potter baggage, uh, obviously, yeah, that's that's the big appeal for it. So it, that's that makes it even more exciting. And that's why it's my pick. I uh, I think it will I think it will rate well. I think people are gonna um, enjoy it. But I uh, despite all the controversy, but I uh, I'm kind of excited for it. Right? I just want to say I'm very disappointed because my pick for you was not taken. And I think by the time we get back to you, it might be Dean. And I think you're going to look back. I'm sure it will be. I actually know what you're, I think I know what you're thinking of now that I didn't. Say. I know what your third one is. Um, we'll see. We'll yeah. see. Yeah. But now I wanted, I, now I wanted all the, I wanted the points and I think. That really <laughs> rate. Okay. All right. That's it. He's competitive. He's competitive. Like Brad, you get your second pick. You already took final fantasy from my grasp, uh, which, you know, I guess is payback for Zelda, but Hey, what is your second pick? Yeah, um, no, kind of thinking what you guys are going to pick and uh, to keep things interesting. I'm going to go with Resident Evil 4. Uh, we were talking about it a little bit beforehand. Um, so just kind of expand on that. I think taking the the format that Resident Evil 2 remake had, where it's taking this uh, classic beloved game and bringing it into a new generation, uh, but even more so for Resident Evil 4, because I've always been of the mind that if you're going to do a remake, I don't want the same thing again. Like I want you to be more bold and do something different. That's why I was kind of uninterested in the last of us remake last year. And I kind of, kind of annoys me that they call it a remake. Cause it's like, it's literally the exact same game. They didn't change anything. And Hey, that's cool for newcomers. But for me, like I want something new. That's why I love final fantasy seven remakes so much. And that's kind of what it seems like they're doing with resident evil four. It's, you know, the, the original game uh, is beloved. It's amazing. Uh, but it's obviously not really scary. Uh, if anything, it's more of a thriller, I guess you could say, a, an mm -hmm. action thriller. Um, there's some tension when you're like fighting a bunch of enemies at once, but other than like that creepy regenerator thing in the freezer down uh, in the dungeons, that's probably like the only like outright horror section in that game. So I appreciate that this is going for a more grounded and gritty approach to it, where they are kind of expanding the story. Because, you know, uh, Shinji Mikami, uh, the creator of resident evil who did the uh, resident evil 4 he even admitted he wrote that story in three weeks so it's not a good story <laughs> he admits so <laughs> he even said he even said he wants them to expand on the story in a remake so it seems like they're doing that you know making ashley less of an annoying character making leon less of a superhero uh which is fun in the original game but you know so everything about that you know that the gameplay um tweaks like you can parry a chainsaw with a knife uh, there's like some stealth elements, but like Leon mm -hmm. crouching around, like I, I think, you know, again, bringing in that team that worked on Resident Evil 2, which is again, like the gold standard for doing a remake that pretty much. Right. So yeah, I think, uh, I think it's going to be good. I mean, I think there'll be some hardcore purists who are like, I don't like that change, but I think for the most part, people are going to be like, okay, this is a really cool thing. That's like a loving homage to the original game, but it also does its own thing. Kind of like what we're hearing with the last of Us show right now, where it does take some, some changes, but on the whole, it's a very faithful thing. It's getting universal acclaim. I think we're going to see that with uh, RE4 as well. Yeah. You summed it up. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Yeah, like, <laughs> uh, and I've never played an RE game. So I'm like, I really don't have much to say here. Well, I, I guess I played, I think there was one with like zombies or something. Is there something with zombies? Oh, am I making something? They're all zombies. <laughs> They're all zombies. Okay, uh, yeah. I was playing one of my friend. It was co-op. Oh, was co -op. RE5, oh, Raccoon City, five or six. Yeah. Or five. Oh, five. Yeah, yeah. It was a while ago, so I have no clue. Uh, but it was fun. 
That's that game's show. like straight up racist, so I'm surprised yeah. you oh, played that snap. one. Big time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, snap. I mean, oh, I was just shooting zombies. No, no. Yeah. Well, it just feels like Capcom is back on top of the world. I don't know. Like, yes. five oh, years yeah. ago, Capcom was at their lowest point. They had come out with like huh? DMC and a whole bunch of other properties that just didn't feel like they were connecting with their audience it felt like they were pushing to make money and then something switched they came up with monster hunter world we started to get the re remakes Mm -hmm. resident evil 7 came out of nowhere and i remember seeing that reveal trailer at what was it e3 2016 i think that moment the kitchen the kitchen vr demo the kitchen demo yeah Yeah. and it turned out they had been showing it at e3 the previous two years and no one knew that it was resident evil everyone was like wait is this uh what was it? Uh, the Kojima game that got canceled. PT. PT. Like, is this yeah. a PT thing? Silent I Hill. PT. Me and too. and it just Ugh. feels like Capcom can do no wrong at the moment. It's it's uh, between Devil May Cry, Monster Hunter, Resident Evil. Every property they have is just blowing up in the best way. Yeah. Well, and and you know, to your point, uh, uh, and I think without going into a huge tangent about it, the I think there was a period during the like PS3, PS4 era where a lot of these Japanese publishers were kind of just chasing Western trends. Like like Resident Evil 6 was just like a focus tested. Here's what Western people will like, we think. So it's like, here's a campaign that's all action-y. Here's whatever, you know, Raccoon City was like some wannabe live service, it feels like. Um, and we see that with like Square Enix as well. They had a bunch of games that didn't take off. But I feel like now they've kind of recaptured their identity and realized, you know, we don't have to be like, western games we can have our own flavor and be unique and that is good uh and yeah resident evil they have two things going on you know they got the the first person games and they have the third person remakes which is such a cool way of you know here's classic resident evil if you want it here's something new if you don't because some people don't like the first person and you know re8 even has the option to switch between both now which is really cool so yeah capcom is killing it and to your point, I mean, I just want to say, like, when people think of classic Resident Evil, they usually think of four. So what better way uh, than with a remake uh, in this new you know, golden age for Capcom? So I think that's a really good pick on your behalf. Now, Steve, are you going to continue the trend of really good picks? I hope so. Um, <laughs> we'll, I'll let I'll let the panel uh, judge that, but I, I I do think that I have a pretty safe one in terms of of, of getting some pretty solid points, and that is Forza Motorsport. Um, turn ten. Whoa. Every single time they come out with a mainline Forza game, it does not fail. Uh, this is. As, in my opinion, as safe of a bet you can get in 2023, and if we're doing like you know a fantasy draft, because yeah, every single time they come out, they kind of raise the benchmark in terms of how far you can push the Xbox hardware. And this game, which was you know shown pretty in depthly uh, last year during their E3 Naughty Three showcase. They showed a really great day and night cycle, all these like in real time rendering uh, features of puddles and, you know, particles and all this stuff. And it looks really advanced in in terms of um, a first party game. So I think if they're able to nail this 2023 uh, launch, which I think they are, I mean, they have Xbox just announced their uh, developer direct uh, showcase for later this month as as we're recording this. So 
the fact that they're going to feature the game uh, during that direct, I, I'm pretty confident that's going to make the, this 2023 window. So yeah, turn 10. Uh, don't let me down this year, please. <laughs> Keep up that momentum uh, year over year of just really solid sim racers, um, which I enjoy. Uh, I mean, I, I might be in the minority here uh, amongst the group, but I really like just hitting the track and kind of just vibing out and going around and around in some pretty awesome lifelike uh, cars. Yeah, this isn't a pick I would ever even think of, but it's going to rate well. It's And yeah, it's a smart choice. And uh, if you like it, that's a bonus. And I think just as a like a like a test of a barometer here, uh, Forza Motorsport uh, 7, um, which came out in 2017, was one of like the weaker ones uh, critically only because they came out and it had a whole bunch of microtransactions, which the studio then, you know, uh, reversed uh, their course on, but it still came out. Uh, and I'm looking on Open Critic, 85. So if they can come out without uh, egregious microtransactions, I'm looking at a high 80, maybe even a 90 if I'm lucky. <laughs> if only Gran Turismo had learned that lesson about the microtransactions. <laughs> if only. <laughs> All right. Well, that will bring me to my second pick. And I kind of hinted at this on our last podcast when we were talking game of the year. I said there's one game that I think will score the highest if it's not Tears of the Kingdom. And that is Baldur's Gate 3. Hmm. This is another studio who just kind of knock it out of the park every time. And I was a little worried because when the game came into early access, there actually were a few like reviews that came out. And it's sitting at a solid 70 right now and i was like wait okay what does that mean but that was two and a half years ago at this point it has been in early access that entire period and they're known for these long long development cycles for these games and if there's any studio that i believe can turn it around really expand on things really nail the systems it's this studio and so this is again a personal pick for me maybe it will not be a 90 i i think it could be because their past games have both been in the 88 to 92 range this is this is my pick. If it's not Tears of the Kingdom, this is my big bet swinging for the fences with a ninety. Well, and to your point about you know the, the last two and a half years, I feel like every other month I read on like GameDeveloper.com or one of those like more niche sites, like oh, this really prolific developer from this really acclaimed studio has joined Larian to work on yeah. uh, Baldur's Gate three. Like you know the number of like Bioware uh, alums alone at that studio, like. Uh, especially in the, you know, Bioware's kind of not really done a lot lately. I feel like a lot of people have continued to leave Bioware, especially because Dragon Age has been taking like 10 years, it feels like, and just going to Larian. So yeah, to your point, I, I, I don't see any reason why that wouldn't at least be in the 80s. And I think a really good thing that a game like Baldur's Gate has is that it's so niche, it's only going to be reviewed by mm -hmm. those niche reviewers who are going to inherently enjoy that kind of game myself included i'm looking forward to Baldur's gate 3 this is high on my list as as far as most anticipated games but for more and i don't want to use, throw out the word uh like casual but for a more casual audience who might not uh like Baldur's gate or the game might not resonate with them as much they're probably not going to review the game to begin with so i think a game like Baldur's gate is going to go for those hardcore of hardcore D, &D players so i think mm -hmm. I think that's a good one. Yeah, it's interesting because you're right. They're not going after the Skyrim crowd. It's not, no. this is not a broad appeal game. Baldur's Gate back in the day, you know, Baldur's Gate 1, 2, 
were very, very popular, but that was because they were hardcore PC games at a time when the only people playing PC games were people who probably played D&D already. It was a very, very different time in gaming history. And for anybody who doesn't know a lot about Baldur's Gate 3, this is a not quite turn-based. Well, no, it is It is turn-based. It's kind of like a mix between strategy RPG and traditional D&D. And this, this one is leaning very, very hard into the D&D aspects. Uh, this is the, the same team behind the uh, uh, Divinity, Original Sin. Took me a second. Uh, they developed Divinity Original Sin and Original Sin 2. Both scored really, really well. But those games kind of, they really wanted to make a Baldur's mm. Gate game. And then they just went into a different universe to play around with it. And this time they're actually bringing in dice rolls. They're leaning much, much more into the relationships between the party members. Everything that I've seen in every developer update just seems like they care so much. When they do their little developer videos, they get dressed up and they're so passionate about the game that it's just infectious and so i'm hoping that that spills over into the people also playing the game and that that's my hope but that'll be my second pick which means for my third pick and this will be my final pick which leaves me with a lot of options here i didn't expect to have these so i need to make a pick do i go risky do i take the dean approach with lies of p or do i play it safe do it uh, go go risky <laughs> All right, you know what? I will. You know what? I, I will take the bait. I'm going to go with an indie game on this one. I don't believe oh, no. the studio has put out anything. And this was supposed to come out last year, but was actually delayed because the studio was largely in Ukraine. This is oh. Oh. replaced. Oh, okay. Yeah. So this this is a game that I am so excited mm. about. This is one Looks that so is a side-scrolling action narrative game. It's using sort of that 2D, 3D look that has been popularized lately through games like uh, Triangle Strategy and that sort of dynamic lighting I don't really know how mm -hmm. to describe it other than it looks really cinematic and yet classic gaming. Mm -hmm. So you've got 2D pixel art mixed with 3D environments and really, really beautiful, almost like ray traced lighting. And there's something about this. It's set in like a cyberpunk future setting, dynamic combat. It's not your typical uh, sort of Metroidvania style combat. It's no, like the camera changes the angles and that sort of stuff every time that you're doing it. And it's melee combat that feels very dynamic. We have not had any gameplay previews as far as I'm aware. It has been very tight-lipped. But every time we have seen the game, it's looked better than the last. And it reminds me of a game, The Last Night, which was shown off at Microsoft's E3 2017 conference, I think. And that just kind of disappeared into the wild. And this came along, very similar odd style, and just same level of polish. I'm so, so excited about this game. No idea if it will score, score well. It could be a 60 for all I know. But in my heart, it's a 90. So that's where I'm going for my third pick with Replaced. Sick. So Chris is out. God. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. Take the L. <laughs> Tears of the Kingdom. Nah, can't carry me through this one. I chose no, Replaced. No. I'm done. <laughs> uh, I, I've, I personally really like this pick. I mean, this one is a game that's on my radar. Uh, but... Going back to when it was first shown during, I think, uh, 2021's Game Awards, it's one of those games just like Cuphead that as soon as you see it on the screen, you see the art style, you see the animations, you're like, what is that? I want that right now. And yeah, 
ever since I saw that first footage, it's kind of been like burned into the back of my brain where I'm like, okay, every so often I'll go online. I'm like, okay, what are, what are the dev updates on this? Funny enough, I, I looked it up and their website still says coming to Xbox in 2022. So I think they're busy <laughs> or they have a lot going on. <laughs> To your point, though, about the, the Cuphead analogy, I think that's a good one because Xbox tends to partner with a lot of really good indies and spotlight mm-hmm. them at their shows. Like, obviously, Cuphead's the big example. Uh, Tunic was a big one from last year, yep. another Canadian game, and obviously replaced. So I feel like the fact that it's getting so much backing from an Xbox that because their ID at Xbox program is really good. They've shipped so many indie games, so many good indie games, success stories. Uh, yeah, I feel like having Xbox in their corner with that is is kind of a testament to the quality of how that game's going to be. Because they always have their finger on the pulse. You even go all the mm-hmm. way back to, you know, Inside and Limbo. Yep. Xbox yep. always ha- is like a tastemaker for mm-hmm. good indie games. Yeah, 100%. So yeah, that's a great pick. Yeah, let's hope. And you know what? I do hope Game Pass pay- plays a bit of a factor because we've seen it. Maybe High on Life didn't score the best, so maybe it's not the best example, but... You know what? Even if the like critics don't love it, maybe it'll find an audience and become one of those cult classics because, you know, we've seen a lot of games find success on Game Pass where maybe they otherwise wouldn't have. Well, High on Life was literally going to be a Stadia game. That's the Wild. funniest oh, thing. Was it really? It was supposed to be a Stadia oh, game and then it went on to Game Pass and it was the biggest Game Pass launch uh, of a third party game uh, like ever, which is <laughs> hilarious. Hey, we can all thank Google. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> thank you, Google overlords. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. One week today, Stadia dies, RIP. Oh, that's right. <laughs> should we take a moment of uh, silence or should we let Steve go on to his next pick? I think we should let Steve go uh, on to his next pick. Yeah, <laughs> we, we should just, we just that, move past it. Right. That would be giving that'd be giving Stadia more attention and time than Google You're did. right. So. Google <laughs> My mistake. My mistake. Steve, your final pick for the beginning of the year. And Chris, you, you had me sweating as, as once you said indie game, because as soon as you I said that, I was like, going. oh, man, this is going to be a tough one. And he's going to steal my pick. And uh, Brad, I think you know where I'm going with this one. And it's to no surprise, yep. anyone that knows me knows how much confidence I have in this game. And it's Hollow Knight Silk Song. Oh, yep. man. Good luck. Very good. Easy, easy. Uh, easy game for points. Hollow Knight came out years and years ago, and it sits uh, currently at a 90 on Open Critic. This game has been long in development. The anticipation for this game is so high uh, that it's almost too big to fail. I think that you know Team Cherry would have to deliberately screw this game up <laughs> in order for it just to not be received well. I think mechanically, uh, Hollow Knight itself is such a mechanically sound game that transferring anything over to Silksong that's an immediate win. Uh, the character, art design, everything about it resonates so much with a core audience that I think, again, maybe it's not uh, a general uh, a game that will you know inherit a general audience, but I think people who love Hollow Knight, love Soulsborne games, or love uh, like weird artistic art uh, art style games are going to uh, resonate uh, with Silk Song. So I think that it's going to uh, the only thing. And I know Xbox showcased it last year and they're like, oh, this is going to come out in the first six months. I don't personally believe that. So I think the the only (laughs) risk is that, you know, Team Cherry just needs more time with this game. But I'm going to take that risk, even if it's not first six months. I I, I don't see a reality where I'm not playing this game by the end of the year. So I'm willing to, to run the risk for those for those good points. Steve, We can only hope for you because I I feel like this game is 
people thought it's been supposed to come out like, like a year ago or the year before and it just <laughs> it's just never coming out uh, my friends oh, keep yeah. talking about it and i keep s- seeing them i'm like man i still have time to finish hollow knight because this game is just not you probably do <laughs> You probably have time to finish it twice yeah. if we're being totally honest. Uh, <laughs> but fingers crossed that uh, they come out and deliver. So I'm going to be honest. That was my safe pick. That was my, oh, okay. okay, that's a surefire 90. Like, I'm with you. There's no doubt. If this game comes out this year, it will review well. I remember yeah. the first five minutes of the game, I fell in love with it. You boot it up, and you're just sitting on that bench. You hop off. The music is playing. You see this art style. You wander over, and it's just the sense of discovery. Every moment, the first time you meet a creature, it's that parallel fear and wonderment that yeah. you don't find very often with with side-scrolling games like this. Metroidvanias are a dime a dozen these days, and yet Hollow Knight stands uh-huh. out in that crowd. It's yep. a, a, a truly one of the highlights of the last generation, and I think Silk Song looks faster. It looks fiercer. It's just, I think... They are taking the time because they want to deliver. And it's a very small team. If I remember, the first game was made by a team of a core of three people, I believe. And so here we are, Australian development team, just want to put out the best product possible. If this drops, and I think it will, I believe, I, I don't know about the first yeah. six months. It was, the, it was the game pass. Here's what's coming in the next year. And it was one of their summer showcases. But it, w- it will drop this year. I have faith in Steve. You, mm-hmm. I, I think you just raked up a whole bunch of points. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Brad, your final pick. Yeah. I, you know, there, this has been a really interesting discussion so far because you guys have picked some games that I wasn't expecting. I really like the indie picks and especially Lies of P, I feel, came out of nowhere. So, so good. That was good on that, Dean. So I, instead of going for a big AAA safe sort of pick again, I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to have to go with an indie game. Uh, I'm going to go with Sea of Stars. Uh, that is an indie game and it's Canadian too from Sabotage and Quebec City. That is a studio that, you know, to your point about Metroidvania style games, their first game, The Messenger, was one of the most well-received uh, Ninja Gaiden inspired games uh, of the last several years. It did a really cool thing where it like switched from NES to SNES art style midway through and kind of goes back and forth between that. A lot of like really clever, cool design elements of it. It was a surprisingly funny game too. Uh, and I just feel like taking all of that and applying it to a JRPG-inspired game. I mean, it basically looks like a modern Chrono Trigger, uh, which is great. Like, they even have the Chrono Trigger composer, Mitsuda, involved with it. Like, he was so impressed with the messenger, he wanted to be a part of this game. And if you look at that man's uh, list of games, he only involves himself with, like, good JRPGs, like Chrono Trigger, like uh, Xenoblade. So, like... Obviously, this isn't a JRPG, but very JRPG inspired. You know, I was I got to attend a preview for it last year, and everything they said was speaking to me as a lifelong JRPG fan. You know, they're kind of avoiding grinding, uh, kind of avoiding random uh, encounters. It's very the combat is very Chrono Trigger inspired, where it's about collaboration between teammates and team uh, moves and everything. I think that game's going to be great. I'm so excited for it. Um, it looks like everything that again, as a big JRPG fanboy, I feel like it's one of those games that. Because it is making a lot of those quality of life improvements, it could find an audience with people who maybe don't like those older games as much. Uh, I know, Steve, uh, I've kind of ragged on you a bit for not really being a fan of those older games. Hey, but I feel no. like something like this, is with the changes they're making, could be something that appeals to someone like you, or at least maybe you would yeah. give it a try. I don't know, but uh, I think that's I think it looks really good. 
No, uh, just quickly jumping in. Yeah, I think that the changes that they are making does speak to someone like me who traditionally stays away from, uh, tr you know, turn-based Japanese RPGs only because of the the pace. Uh, so I, I I think you know it's definitely on my radar of something I want to pick up. And I think to your point, it's it's going to review pretty well. I think just based off yeah. everything the team's putting into it. Yeah, like even like the Q&A that we were doing, like, you know, because I'm, I'm someone we've talked about it, the games that are just so long for no reason, like even yeah. Xenoblade, as amazing as it is, I haven't gotten to it yet, uh, despite wanting to, because scary. Chris raved about it. It's just scarily big. Yeah. But then you ask your stars, the, the team, they're like, yeah, you know, we, we're, it's very curated, you know, it's not open world, it's more of like sort of larger areas um, here and there, and uh, it, it feels like manageably uh big which is good so yeah again everything they're saying about that game just uh, i can't wait i mean and it's a canadian development team so if it doesn't score well at least say i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> dean where if you had to exactly. guess for the sea of stars one what's your familiarity and two if you had to guess what the review score is 70s 80s 90s where do you think it's gonna fall Oh, I, I'm not super familiar with it, so I don't want to even guess. But it's okay. I can tell by your expression you're saying 60s. <laughs> uh, by my expression, I'm stressed. <laughs> if I if I remember correctly, I, I haven't looked it up recently, but I believe the messenger is a high 80s. I think yep. it's like 86, 87. Uh, and I feel like generally, you know, with a second project, uh, you know, they can take all the lessons they've learned from the previous games. And, and now that they're obviously a little more in tune with the Japanese developers, with Mitsuda and everything, I'm sure they've had a lot of like, if not direct co communication with them, but uh, with like that side of development that they've, you know, been being a lot more inspired by it. And yeah, I just have, I, I have every bit of confidence that they're going to just take everything and make it better. And we even saw like at the end of last year, Unchained Echoes came out and kind of got a lot of praise for being like a throwback JRPG. And I feel like that game I know about. this game is going to be even better. So I'm with you. I'm with you. Dean, why are you stressed? Because you guys left me with so many games. <laughs> there are so many options. I know which one you're going to pick. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I want to pick it now. But it's, it's going to be Go ahead. fire. It's going to be so good. If we're all thinking of the same game, like I, that is, that is again, one that you know is going to score. We know what <laughs> you See, said. I don't know. I'm on the edge of my seat here because Dean is such a wild card in my, from where I'm <laughs> sitting that I'm like, I, okay. It could be he anything. has been such a wild card too. I thought I had this pick like number one, number one and no proven wrong. Okay. Dean, so what is it going to be? What? Okay. Well, actually, because we've already taken our picks, why don't you talk us through a few of your picks? What are your maybe top three that you're thinking of? Okay, I'm thinking of Redfall. Redfall uh, from sorry, Arcane. Sorry, Redfall, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I'm okay. thinking of the okay. um, Arcane game. Arcane game is typically right, really well, and they're really fun. Mm -hmm. I, I definitely love Deathloop and um, Dishonored 1, and but I, I liked it a lot, too. Um, so, yeah, I'm thinking of Redfall. I'm also thinking of Hades 2, uh, but my fear there of Hades 2 is that it may not come out this year. I, it, I can almost guarantee it will not. Yeah, yeah. it's 100% not. Don't don't uh, don't squander your... <laughs> even if it did, you know, we, you set up the rules, it would be early access if yeah. it did release this year, so that wouldn't count anyways. That, Pick it anyways. That helps, yeah. yeah. Screw you, Steve. <laughs> Zero <Yeah>. points. <laughs> That'll be cool. <laughs> and then, uh, so then, that leaves me with... Um, Star Wars Survivor. I just have to, and I know that's there's the one. Thought. I've had it written down this entire time. I was like, uh, how is he not? How is he not taking Jedi Survivor? 
Uh, yeah, I, uh, you know, I was looking at Atomic Heart. I think that it, because it's going to be a Game Pass game, it's going to do that well, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I have this. It's on my list. It's number three. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just should just, I guess, stick with my list. Um, I, I love Star Wars. Everyone loves Star Wars. Who doesn't love Star Wars? I mean, tons of people don't like Star Wars. Uh, but it's uh, it, the first one was so good. Fallen Order yeah. was so good. So I feel like Survivor, they're just going to work on the things that like they're just going to fix everything and it's going to come out super polished and super great. And Cameron Monaghan, Ma- Mana- Mana- Monahan. Monahan. Yeah, Monahan. Monahan. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Um, yeah. It's super hot. So I think that should help its rating as well. So, you know, um. I I anticipate every single review to start out with that as the the subheader. (laughs) Cameron Monaghan is super hot. He's he's the hottest. I don't know. He's very hot as Cal Kestis. Um, And I'm great. So I'm super excited for it. And who doesn't love like throwing people around if you're like, Jedi telekinetic powers, but which is you can do that in Atomic Heart too, which is why it's kind of like mm, that's number four on my list. What we were saying about um, like Insomniac, I think, really applies to Respawn yep. too. That's a studio yeah. that they haven't even been around for that long, but every game they've put out has been really good. Like yeah. you, you know, they've in the span of like ten years, which is crazy to think about because the first Titanfall was 2014. Right. So you know, wow. we've gotten two Titanfalls, Apex Legends and uh jedi fallen order and mm-hmm. they even did a vr game which i think won an oscar for the, the documentary oh. stuff it did but anyways they've done four really big games and then now uh jedi survivor and all of them reviewed very well all of them they're they're like very consistent studio that's a very polished team they know what they're doing they're working on three star wars games right now i think there's a there's an fps and then a strategy game too right mm-hmm. i think was the third one yeah yep. so obviously people ea likes what they're seeing with them to Disney must like what they're seeing with them to give them mm-hmm. so many keys to the Star Wars kingdom. Uh, and yeah, to your point, I, I think, yeah, the first one was really good. You know, it did have its issues here mm-hmm. and there, but I feel like it's one of those games that could really benefit from a sequel, like an Uncharted to Uncharted 2 or Assassin's yeah. Creed to Assassin's Creed 2 style thing, where like if they fix all of the things, tighten things up a bit, it, I could easily see it being like a, a, a 90s scoring game. Honestly, so. the one thing that they just need to fix is the map and everything else yeah. could be the same. <laughs> like just just speaking to it, I, you know, I one of the changes that I really really like that they've spoken about with it being sort of that Metroidvania style where you kind of have to come back, they've made this one more open in terms of the design. So it's less linear than the first game, which I mm. think is really going to benefit it because again, that sense of discovery. Every time that you would go to a new planet, it felt like you're going somewhere so unique. And I really hope they lean even harder into the narrative elements because I don't know about you guys, mm-hmm. the end of that game, terrifying. Oh, yeah. so, I will not spoil yeah, anything so good. because no. it's worth, for anybody who has not played it, it's, it's both so on PlayStation Plus, uh, the expansions and Game Pass. Mm-hmm. It's worth playing through just to even play through that ending. It's not like some major twist, but it's so cool. It's what I've always wanted to see happen. And you feel the dread in that moment. So Mm -hmm. it's setting up a lot of cool stuff for the sequel, which I'm excited about. Yeah. I think for me, uh, what makes it even more appealing is the, and we saw that with the first game, it's largely its own thing. Like, you know, there are some connections here and there to the larger universe, but my big problem with star Wars is, is that in the Disney era is that everything has to connect to Luke Skywalker, or Anakin Skywalker. Sure. And it's so annoying. Uh, or 
by extension, the, the supporting cast. It's so, so nice it's like, we're all related, though, you know? All of us <laughs> are related to Luke Skywalker. So, you know, it's this big galaxy, but everyone's related. You know? We all know so C-3PO. I, <laughs> so I like that, uh, you know, Respawn, their, their part of the challenge with the first game was introducing characters that you'd care about, and I'd argue they did a really good job with that. People like Cal, people really like Seer, people like the the handmaiden or the night sister what's her name i'm blanking on but she was really cool as well uh, yeah um uh, mistra or Mythis or something either way mm-hmm. they've introduced characters that people like and want to see again so that hard part is over it's just you know kind of giving us more of them fleshing out the world even like the villain is seems to be like pretty interesting so far the guy who's like in the cryo tube yeah. or whatever oh, sephiroth um, <laughs> <laughs> i haven't heard that that's great actually yeah. <laughs> so, um yeah, so I just feel like, and we even saw with Andor last year, it got so much praise because it was its own thing and it was so different totally. and that's what was so refreshing. Yeah. Uh, and I just feel like this game, you know, again, if executed well, could kind of satisfy that itch as well. well I think one of the the, the funniest things is that, uh, to your point, it does so much to remove itself from like the, the Skywalker stuff, but does enough to keep it in line with Star Wars uh, canon with, you know, oh, yeah. not giving anything away again, but that ending where that ending takes place is directly referred to in Obi-Wan and stuff like that. And then you have, you know, characters yeah. popping up from, uh, you know, Rogue One and stuff like that. Like there are these little touchstones to, to say, okay, Cal does ex- exist in this grander universe. We're just not going to shoehorn in all these characters and all these references to make it feel, oh, okay, we're just, you know, re-spinning a, an old Star Wars tale or something like that. Well, and the smart thing that they did with the first game is besides making him like a, like he never really finishes Jedi training sort of thing. So that's mm-hmm. kind of a good narrative and mechanical excuse for how he's like redeveloping his powers over time. But they really explored a really cool story there about survivor's guild. Yeah. Like the fact that he's like yeah. this Padawan. Yeah. who's like, uh, or, or that was, so that was a really cool way of sort of enhancing what we already know about order 66 and kind of adding a layer to that whole story. Cause that whole territory between episode three and four is being well-worn at this point. So, yeah. but respawn still found a really cool way to flesh it out with Cal. So yeah, uh, I have no doubt in my mind that they're just going to expand on that even more with this game. So yeah, that's a good, so thing. we're all excited. That's great. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And March, uh, two months yes, away. Yes, very so. soon. Uh, it's cool that I picked a game that I know for sure is coming out because I don't, ex- I'm not 100% sure Lies of P is going to come out this year. I mean, I, I really hope it does. They said 2023, but uh, it's the gaming industry. Anything yeah, really totally. could be delayed tomorrow. <laughs> Fire Emblem yeah. that could get delayed. As someone who it, it can't because I'm playing it. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> full full review on Mobile Syrup soon. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, my favorite thing of for that example was someone, you know, who, again, big Final Fantasy fan. I've kind of become jaded with Square Enix and release dates and everything because they just delay. They had a huge event to finally reveal the release date for Final Fantasy 15. They had a giant spinning wheel to reveal the date. Kind of funny was there. Greg oh, yeah. Miller, Tim Geddes, the creator of Final Fantasy. Everyone was there. And then a month later, they delayed it by a couple months. So they had this giant reveal event in San Francisco, and then they still delayed it. So and that was like two months before release. So to your point, anything can be delayed. So I, it's always good to have a little bit of yeah. apprehension. But sure, that's what that's what obviously stopped me from you know putting in skull and bones. It's that apprehension. <laughs> I got yeah, it got delayed for a sixth time today. Yeah, I was super confident up until today. <laughs> Wait, did it actually get delayed again? 
Yeah. Yes. <laughs> because aren't they like Six bound time. to some contract with the government of the the country that the that they have to work? make it, just not they don't you have know to when it by a certain point. I don't think so. I think it's just that they cannot uh, they cannot cancel, cancel it. it. Yeah, that's the worst deal in the history of deals. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's never coming out. No. For that exact reason, though, I was very tempted to take something like a Fire Emblem Engage or something that I knew was coming out very, very soon. Mm-hmm. And that's why, mm-hmm. you know what, just so everybody knows, we are going to be doing another one of these partway through the year, probably in like July or August. Once we've seen a lot of the showcases, uh, I expect we're going to get a Nintendo Direct. We'll probably get the PlayStation and Microsoft versions of those, but we'll also have the Keeley's mid-year. A lot of games still to be announced, and more and more we find some of the publishers are releasing games months after they are announced, as such as with Xenoblade and Fire Emblem. Hopefully we're going to get a few of those Mario Strikers. So in case there were any games you did not get to pick up today, such as Atomic Heart, if that does not come out in the first six months, you can still pick those up. So we will be doing another one of these. And as they are coming out, hopefully we will have some updates by that mid-year check-in. We will have some scores on the board and we will be updating this on the site. So check out mobilesyrup.com. I will be posting some articles to update not only these games, but other games and how they're reviewing over the year. And uh, we'll find out what the big winners are. But just to recap, from last uh, draft to first. So Dean, you picked up Lies of P, Hogwarts Legacy, Jedi Survivor. Very, very interesting, broad scope of games, but all ones that you're super passionate about, which I love. Brad, Final Fantasy 16, Resident Evil 4, and Sea of Stars. I know what era you grew up in just from that list. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a PlayStation boy, what can I say? (laughs) Steve, Spider-Man 2, Forza Motorsport, and Hollow Knight Silk Song. All going for the review scores, which I love. You, you came in with a game yeah. plan. And then yeah, yeah, yeah. I picked up The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, Baldur's Gate 3, and Replaced. Uh, also pretty biased picks, but hey, that's where we're at. You, you know what's funny, though? Going through each of them and like hearing them listed out one after another for, for each of us on the panel, I don't think that there's any clear winner. I don't think that the, there's anyone that has like an inherent uh, leg up on, on anyone. Like... For instance, if someone walked away with both Zelda and Super Mario or uh, Super Mario Spider Man too, yeah. I would be like, okay, toss in the towel now because most <laughs> likely that person's gonna win. But they're they're all kind of even playing fields right now. I I think that everyone has uh, a good chance of of walking away a winner here. Yeah, we all have like a surefire yeah. uh, AAA game. We have like an indie darling, and then you know it's a good mix. Yeah. We will roll again when we do it next time, just so that I don't get first pick, because we'll only be drafting two next time. And let's say Mario Odyssey does get drawn. Uh, you know, someone might want to pick that up other than me, just to give you that shot. Just, just maybe, maybe. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but that'll do it. That's that's the draft. Uh, if anybody has questions, I'm going to be drafting up an article to explain all of how this is broken down. But uh, should be a fun year. I, I can't wait. So thank you guys for uh, indulging me in this experience thank you that's a great concept really fun so before we end this podcast uh what games just are you most excited for like just plainly don't care about ratings 2023 top game you're most excited for let's start with steve go 
Yeah, I, I think just like off the top, 2023 is going to be an enormous year for video games. We're even talking about just the first half of the year, and there's so many games to just go through a list. But uh, Diablo 4 is up on my list for was, one of the most anticipated games this it year. It was on my list. It was there. It was one of my safes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's get the guests go first. Chris, you're next. Uh, I can only choose one. Yeah, just one. Are you kidding me? Only one. I know. I'm so sorry. Uh, probably for me. I'm. I hope it comes out this year. Wolf Among Us Two. Oh. Uh, no, I yeah. used to oh, love God. the Telltale games, and when those went away, uh, I was so so sad because I just settle in with an episode for a night, and I just zone out. Love making those decisions, and Wolf Among Us is is one of my top so picks good, yeah. for that. So I am. Uh, I, I replayed it with my partner this year, and she also just fell in love with that. And so it was really cool seeing it from somebody's fresh perspective. And so yes, I I cannot wait for Wolf Among Us too. That's got to be my top pick. And Brad. Uh, I will just add, uh, first of all, it's very interesting. None of us picked Starfield. Ah, uh, I thought maybe Steve list. might. <laughs> it's But it wasn't even on my list either. That was interesting. Because, you know, it's obviously a very noteworthy totally. game. But, yeah, I'm, I'm someone who's never loved Bethesda games generally. Um, so, yeah, it was not on my list. But I, I was shocked. that I figured either Steve or Chris I love Skyrim. So. Skyrim was, was yeah. my one of my favorite games. I went to the midnight launch. I, and I was graduating high school the next day. Um, and and I still went to the midnight launch. And I still played it way too late, even though I had stuff to do the next day. Um, and I'm not excited at all for this game. <laughs> it's too big. I liked Skyrim, but it's too big, and it's too, I'm not a space guy. And it's for me as soon as The Witcher Three came out, I, like that was better than any. I mean, they're obviously not one to one comparisons, but that was a better. Mm-hmm like Western style open world RPG than anything Bethesda had done for me personally. So like after that, it's like, a, like, and I think fallout four even took a hit because of it. It came out the same year after the Witcher three and it was kind of a letdown for a lot of people. <laughs> so, um, yeah, who knows how Starfield would be? I mean, just hearing it. Oh, we've got a thousand planets doesn't appeal Not to me. All. I don't need a game that, that big. See, stuff like that does appeal to me. Just this open world exploration kind of thing. But because I was playing competitively for points and everything, the fact that they haven't confirmed 60 frames per second on console kills it for me. Mm. I was like, okay, this this game could easily fall at a 75 and I wouldn't be shocked just because of the frames. And I think that that's really uh, okay. That can suffer the score immensely for this game. It's a uh, hey man, it's gonna have the Bethesda charm. It's gonna have yeah. ships crashing through people and bugs <laughs> galore, and it's gonna be does, you know, it's gonna be the Bethesda. Does it charm. have a release date this year? I, it did have. It did uh, have a no, launch first half. First half. Okay, of, yeah. yeah, I would assume in June, maybe June, July, something uh, like that. Okay. Yeah. It, it was trending, though, just the other day, and I was yeah. wondering, why was it trending? Mm-hmm. And it's because they said that it's not going to be in the Microsoft showcase that is coming up, <laughs> right. which is very bizarre. But yeah. that also probably means it's getting a dedicated. It's getting its own. It, right. Uh, That's it. Yeah, they yeah. confirmed that okay. they're going to spend their uh, spend a lot of time on the game on its own. Just want to put out there, I am very much looking forward to that game, and I will probably enjoy it. But when it comes to score... Bethesda has not been consistent over the last few years, and that's that's the only yeah. thing that was holding me back. Uh, I'm not I'm not the biggest Fallout guy, and this this looks to be more in the Fallout side of Bethesda than this Elder Scrolls. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm I'm excited for this one. I'm a, I'm a sci-fi geek, and so this is more up my alley. 
the most interesting thing that came from a Bethesda related person uh, recently was Pentiment from Josh Sawyer last oh, year. Oh, huge. So, and that was a, a much, it cut away all the open world fat. It was yep. just a tight narrative game. I love that game. So, yeah. But, anyways, sorry, to answer your question, I debated between Final Fantasy 16 and Spider Man, but I mean, I've been dressing up as Spider-Man since I was like four years old. uh, The Insomniac game is one of my favorite stories of that character ever. Uh, What they did with Miles was great. And the thought of bringing them together for a story sounds really exciting. Maybe uh, Venom, that will be good. Not like the crappy Tom Hardy movies. Um, I'm yeah, I've, it's gotta be Spider-Man too. Like it, it can't wait. And now I guess you're at me. Um, I, I would also love to see Spider-Man 2 because I love Spider-Man. Um, I, I, Hogwarts Legacy is something I'm excited for. But uh, Lies of P is my most anticipated game this year just because I miss Bloodborne. And, love it. Um, yeah, so I'm super looking forward to it. Nice. Cool. All right, that is it, everyone. I will uh, end. I don't know why I'm saying it like that. And that's it. Thanks for listening to the uh, to the Syrup Cast Arcade. Nope, that's not it. I keep getting the name wrong. The Syrup Arcade Cast. Um, you can find me on Twitter at the Daily Dean and my Instagram at my Daily Dose. And of course, on Mobile Syrup, Brad. Where can people find you? And do you have any recent stories you want to highlight? Oh, uh, well, thank you for asking. Uh, I do actually, I was very fortunate in December to take part in a junket for The Last of Us, which was really cool. So I got to speak to Neil Druckmann and Craig Mazin, the co-creators and showrunners of the show, as well as the stars Pedro Pascal, Bella Ramsey, Merle Dandridge, and Gabriel Luna, uh, which was awesome. Uh, got to ask them about filming in Alberta, which was really cool. That kind of, that story blew up among like, Canadian media, which is like Daily Hive, Narcity, the former premier of Alberta shared oh, cool. it, which is I didn't know that. pretty That's funny. Because cool. um, I guess Alberta is just so hyped to finally be featured in something. <laughs> uh, it's not Anything. Toronto or Vancouver yeah. uh, for a change. So yeah, and Pedro Pascal especially had really cute, nice things to say about uh, Alberta. Uh, and then I did a review on the show as well, because I, you know, very briefly, I was someone who was a little down on it. And I'll freely admit I was wrong. I ate humble pie i ate a lot of crow i it won me over it's really good i've seen the first few episodes um so yeah i have a review on that and i I was also on the movie podcast they're a really cool bunch of guys who review movies and tv shows to talk about the the show as well so you can check out my review on mobile syrup as well as our discussion there and check out those guys uh in general their their stuff's really good agreed uh and as for where you can find me uh twitter at brad shankar b-r-a-d-s-h-a-n-k-a-r I don't know why I had to think about that. Uh, and mobilesyrup.com. Cool. Thank you. And Chris, people can't find you anywhere, but they can find you in the comment section. So I don't exist. Yeah. Uh, but with that being said, you can find me on mobilesyrup.com. Uh, I occasionally post articles there. And I, I, I have one article besides our fantasy draft that will be going up that I have had work been working on for a very long time. Brad sent me a code for a game that was months ago and i never posted a review i never finished the review because i never won a match (laughs) and so i have never been so bad at a game in my life and so i've been playing it for months now just working 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 towards a single online victory 
And it finally happened. I finally won on my own merits in them's fighting herds. And so this is, I've been playing this My Little Pony game for like four months. What? Just trying to win one online match. (laughs) And I finally did it. So okay. uh, the review, thank you, thank you. Uh, the review will be going up soon. Not really review. It's more like my experience beating my head against a wall in a fighting game community because that is not a cute game. It is hardcore. I completely forgot I sent that to you. You, because yeah, it was a few months ago. I mean, you did a really great uh, thing. It, it could have just been a like a shit post style thing, but you did a really funny thing about the motocross monster energy drink game about your whole rise to career with that. So I'm expecting <laughs> something really fun in the same in the same vein with uh, this My Little Pony game. So yeah, I'm really Fun might not that. be the word. Trust me, that is a hardcore game for hardcore gamers, and I was not up to snuff. So yeah, you can look out for that on the site soon. Cool. And Steve, where can people find you? And do you have any stories you like to highlight? And they don't have to be on mobile, so you have. Uh, you can find all uh, find me and all my work across the internet at Asfigvari. Uh, in terms of uh, pieces of work, I mean, I, I did some CES stuff on, uh, on Mobile Syrup. Uh, I, I'm usually there popping up every once in a while doing the news beat or like you said uh, previously, like gaming and sponsor posts. So if you ever uh, see my post there, you know. You know, give it some traction. That's cool. I like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, again, thank you guys for for inviting me uh, onto the show. Like I said, anytime I get to interact with you guys and uh, you guys at work, it's always a it's always a blast. You're like that RPG class, like a freelancer that can just do anything. Like not even like you're literally a freelancer, yeah. but that's also a class sometimes <laughs> in RPGs. Where yeah, you just you handle everything. You can do everything. So it's great. Thank you. Uh, I actually have a little bone to pick with Steve. Because him oh, and Brad oh got me onto Marvel Snap, and now I'm addicted. Hey, oh, yes. It's, it's not great. Um, it's, it's, oh, but it is it's pretty so great, fun. right? You know? <laughs> I, I showed yes. Brad yesterday. I was at level 900 of those like collection levels, uh, and now yeah. I'm at 1,000. So, I mean, it's crazy. Um, I love the love game. It. Uh, anyways, let's end this because it's going on for a little while. Um, and as always, you can find all of our content on mobilestrip.com. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Mobile Syrup. Bye, guys. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks. You're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. 